0: Welcome to Tales of Hoy. This podcast series from Orkney, Scotland, will transport you to the dark, enchanted island of Hoy, where a valley of voices will take you on a walk through time and place. This journey takes you from Rackwick to visit Hoi's most famous resident, the sea Stark known as the Old Man. Along the way, meet another famous resident, composer Sir Peter Maxwell Davis. Avoid the dive-bombing bonksies, and meet the birds who call the old man home. Relive the first recorded ascent of the old man of Hoy in 1966 and tune in for the audacious BBC televised climb the year after.
1: Hoy. Climbers are hereby warned that there is neither suitable rescue equipment nor experienced rock climbers in the vicinity. Climbers therefore proceed at their own risk.
2: So reads the sign at the Glen where you access the path to the Old Man of Hoy. From here you'll slowly climb along the moorland path around Moorafee and get an amazing view down over the valley of Rakwick. The route passes some of the oldest houses of the Norse township. If you look closely, you can see the remains of plantigrews above the house called Scar, and the ruins of a small, stone-built shed. The last house you'll pass is Boonertown. For 28 years, this was the home of composer Peter Maxwell Davis. From here he walked the hills, pacing out compositions. This landscape and seascape influenced a change in style as well as a long and successful period of collaboration with author George Mackay Brown. In 2004, Max was made Master of the Queen's Music.
3: walk out to the spectacular red and yellow sandstone sea cliffs around the Old Man of Hoy offers great views over the moorland and a chance to see some of the impressive range of wildlife and wildflowers that call this home. Great skewers and great black-backed gulls nest on the ground here and are energetic defenders of their nests. They will dive bomb anyone who leaves the path and gets too close to their nest. You might spot mountain hares nibbling heather shoots. You can see three species of heather along the path, but also look out for bearberries, crowberries and blayberries that will provide a welcome feast for hungry, migrating redwings, field fairs, and blackbirds in the autumn. Peregrine falcons hunt around the cliffs, and in the summer months you'll see thousands of whirling seabirds, including foamers, gillimots, razorbills and puffins. The sea cliff are home to many specialised plants, and in the early summer you will see the glorious blue shades of spring squill among the sea pinks and sea campion. It's always worth keeping a watch over the waves below as dolphins, whales and basking sharks are sometimes seen around the coast.
2: At the path summit, you can just mark out another wartime emplacement with panoramic views south to the Pentland Firth. And just a little further, the old man of Hoy will reveal himself. At 450 feet high, he's a striking figure, for many the face of Orkney, a symbol for the islands. He is visited frequently over the summer months and waved at from the Hamnabo ferry by thousands, but his fame is relatively recent.
4: He is believed to be less than 400 years old, but, of course, has been millions of years in the making. In Blau's map, circa 1600, And in Mackenzie's 1750 map, the old man is depicted as a headland, not the stack we know today. The old man has feet, or a foot, of basalt rock, which is the main reason he has survived for so long. Above are layers of softer sandstone. Erosion gives him a rugged appearance, and his profile has altered over the years. Around 1813, artist William Daniel depicted the old man on two legs. He writes that his two legs were what gave him his name, but Hugh Marwick suggests that it may be one of the few Celtic names in Orkney, possibly deriving from the word alt meaning cliff and mean meaning stone. In fact, there are other old men in Cumbria, Cornwall and Skye.
1: There was one time I remember when we were coming over on the Ola and there was the whole face of the cliff was all as though it had fallen down and they said there had been a,
5: well, a sort of landslide. It's quite dodgy walking too near the edge along the other room, the point of the old man there. Because you don't know how much is hanging and when there's a crack after frost there's always going to be a split then and some bit will fall off. But I suppose it'll eventually disappear. He could fall at some time, maybe.
2: Stacks like the Our Man of Hoy are transient. Our time, new stacks will be created by the same force that will eventually bring them down. Climbing sites urge people to bag him while he still has a leg to stand on.
5: If you wish to see this wonder, the man who had no birth, you must steer your bark to Stromness Town, north across the Pentland Firth. And when you land, ask for the man who never was a boy, and anyone will tell you where to find the old man of Hoy.
2: Local legends tell of days when a daring skipper might sail his fishing boat through the narrow channel, isolating the stack from the shore. Sheena Taylor has a hair-raising
1: story. Looking outwards from the cliffs, the top of the old of Hoy doesn't seem very far away, and the space is even narrower further down the cliff. I was first told that Second World War pilots flew through that gap by Peter Shearer, a local Cessna pilot, How would you like to fly through there, he asked. Neither of us thought it was a good idea. My father, Douglas Robertson, from South Walls and Brims, was one of those pilots. For many years, I'd been in touch with my father's friend, Matt. I asked if he'd flown through that gap and was told they all had a sort of rite of passage. Even though on approach from the West mainland cliffs, there looked to be plenty of room, Matt said it was a very tight squeeze. Once was enough for most pilots. Had anyone crashed? Not to his knowledge. He thought there was more than a small element of luck, that no one bought it on that caper, adding, you'd have thought there was enough danger around at the time without adding unnecessary risk. A
2: 1913 article in the Arcadian newspaper cites a magical element connected to the old man.
3: Ralph Taylor and crew, when visiting the lobster creels the other day, saw a strange creature, which looked like a mermaid, close by the foot of the old man. It rose out of the water to the height of three feet and looked like a lady with a shawl round her shoulders and streaming down her face. This is the third occasion it has been seen at close range by them. The oldest people have never seen anything like it before.
0: I remember one day, years and years ago, two climbers up there. And they'd hired me, to, when I had the boat, to take them from Stumnis to Hoy. I had been out fishing, and they were going to go back the next day. I said, well, a lovely calm day. I'll go and collect them at the foot of the old man Hoy. Uh, I thought, well, I'd put on the wetsuit and the flippers and the mask and the snorkel. I just jumped, anchored the boat over the side, and I came up onto the back of the old Manahoy and this boy was still about a hundred feet up. And when they came down they saw that man all in black of hood and all on and I thought that I was a seal, I was all in black. I think if I give anybody a fright it was that two climbers, they'd think they'd got to the top, come all the way down, and hear somebody like oh, out of the ocean, dead standing at the face the old man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the first recorded ascent of the old man of Hoy was in 1966, named the original East Face. Since then, other routes have been created. The South Face, and the South-East Arity a year later, then in the 1980s the Ancient Mariner, a few dollars more and a fistful of dollars. In 1966, climber Chris Bonington led the first successful climb. Tom Petty was in the team of three. We pick up his story as the travel to travelled to Stromness on the St Ola ferry, known locally as the Roly-Poly Ola.
6: And what would you be expecting to find in Hoy? inquired our fellow passenger. Uh, You probably won't believe this, I replied. We hope to climb the old man. He looked at me oddly and advised us to contact a man living in Rackwick. He'll be glad to show you the way down. You'll be able to get a photograph of the old man from the bottom. And that is as far as you can go. The old man cannot be climbed. Even the British Army couldn't do it. Uh, <clears throat> my two friends over there, I said proudly, have both climbed the north face of the Eiger. He glanced discreetly at Chris Bonington and Rusty Bailey. You mean the two gentlemen who are being sick?
5: I can't mind the, that are right for it. In fact, it was me that brought them up to rockwork didn't know what they'd come for. They didn't tell me. I think it was Ginger Brun that brought him across. And he told somebody then that I ought to try to climb the old man. We thought it was a piece of
6: nonsense. Height for height, the old man is considerably more spectacular than the final 450 feet of any alpine peak of my knowledge. Some considered it impossible to climb. But the word impossible has no permanent place in a climber's vocabulary.
2: Once meeting Folk in Hoy, Tom was told a legendary tale of the first ascent.
6: An elderly, but athletic, islander was reputed to have scaled the pinnacle as the result of a wager. On regaining terra firma, he discovered he had left his favorite pipe on the summit and had to repeat the climb to retrieve it. (laughs) It was a refreshing story, and if the theme was an old one, the tailpiece was undoubtedly new. It was less refreshing to our egos to discover that some locals still believed it.
2: As this was the first ever climb of the old man, it took considerably longer than subsequent ascents, as they were attempting to find a route in unknown territory. Even local well-wishers began to lose interest in the slow progress, and by the third day, there were no onlookers. A shame, because this was the day they reached the top.
6: A single forlorn cheer heralded my arrival at the top. Where are all the crowds. Where is everybody? a soul had turned out to witness our triumph. We were already forgotten heroes. Uh, we could always build a cairn, prompted Chris, or light a bonfire, Rusty suggested. The top of the old man is a spacious plot of sun-scorched heather. In our enthusiasm, the fire got out of hand and only collective action saved us the inconvenience of a fast abseil down melting nylon. It wasn't really too bad after all, Rusty concluded. Next time we'll try it without pitons. There won't be a next time, I said, and for once. I really meant it.
4: After the success of the 1966 Ascent, the team were to try again the following year, but this time filmed and broadcast live by the BBC. This would be the most audacious BBC outside broadcast to date due to the distance from BBC headquarters and the remote location. The army helped with the operation and brought large amounts of equipment by sea on vehicle transporters. These landed at Longhope Pier, and lorries were driven up the island to Rackwick.
5: First of all, they built a studio across the old manor and they couldn't get a generator up to make the, to get the power. Were, uh, a unit of the Scots Guards so that was landed at Longhope, and a whole lot of tractors were. For bigger in Lanarkshire, four-wheel drive things, huge tractors, they were not more like tractors, they were like massive dumpers, so they got one up to the top of the hill and another one at the bottom and they got they got main for liners who were working at the old naval base to weld two steel cables at the top of it, that stretch from the top of the hill to the bottom. And they pulled the generator up on that by, by the tractor. By one pulling up, held another one pulling down at the same time, they got the generator out there. They wanted the make a base at the dune below our house in, in the old cottage that was a sheep's and I was using for a sheep's at the time. So I said, Oh, well, you can have it, but it'll need to be cleaned out for it's about three or four inches. Or, Sheep muck in the bottom of it has never been cleaned out, so they sat there and cleaned out the whole thing and made that into a for the And they set up a camp down that do there on the old lead unit base or concrete in the hut that used to be there. They set up the tent there and they camped there until for the all the time until the climbers came and they stayed in the rockwork. Hostel for it. it
4: opened a couple of years before. Just before the ascent, the clifftop camp was hit by a gale, scattering tents across the area and waterlogging equipment. Luckily, valve equipment can be dried out. It made quite a mess of the ground. There was a, a lot
5: of complaints about it after the eyesore with, with the SNH and folk like that. In years before that disappeared. In fact I'm sure there are pieces on the top of the hill yet that you could see where that had been
4: left. Traces of the outside broadcast can still be seen in the landscape today. There is a vertical line visible on the steep hillside between Kliknathy and Grypathy, scarred by the equipment dragline. When you stand on the cliff at the old man and look back, the rough track to the dragline is still there.
5: lots of memories of them when they were up there and everybody was so excited that it was being climbed by this famous climber it was looked upon as being a dangerous thing I think
4: the outside broadcast was a success and 15 million viewers watched the live ascent which is a small black and white set then
5: but I mean the They've been the pictures for the studio that they built up there with the generator you see we saw it on the television
1: and it was really it was an achievement that I suppose our age group never thought would ever happen, but it did.
2: This world-famous climb shone a spotlight on the old man of Hoy and many aspiring climbers followed.
5: In fact, there was one week in Whitson, week in, in May, there were 30 climbers waiting at Bournemouth to do the old man after the televised climb. It was like a drug, they just <laughs> But so far, when the numbers have climbed, there has never been an accident on the actual old man itself, which is amazing.
2: Dave Lockwood had quite a moving experience when he reached the summit in 1968.
5: The top of the old man is about 30 feet by 20 feet fairly level but crumbly on the seaward side. We shared some sandwiches, a tin of sardines and a flask of tea, had a smoke, took some photographs and generally whiled away about an hour before thinking of the serious task of getting down. The wind was even stronger as we gathered our gear together and after the elation of achieving our aim had subsided we became aware of the slight swaying of the whole stack. I think we were all apprehensive if not, a little scared. We crept about being careful not to make sudden movements in case we rocked the whole thing over.
2: And the roll call of famous ascents continues to this day. Christine Crawshaw was the first woman to ascend. Hamish Ross the first Orcadian. Red Sell became the first blind climber. Eight-year-old Roy Clarkson the youngest. Others have done exciting things once at the top of the old man. Dave Greenold played his accordion. Tim Hamlet proposed to his fiancée Laura McKenna. And planning for three years and climbing for seven hours, three adventurers took just ten seconds to get down again when the base jumped off the summit with
5: parachutes.
2: So you ever been tempted yourself,
0: Jack?
5: No. i have climbed the first 30 feet without a rope or anything like that. That's the only I never attempted anything higher. <laughs> I That's about the most I, I think.
3: Watching the foamers play upon the air currents around the cliffs at the old man of Hoy is a simple joy. They're such masters of the air. Fulmers are sometimes mistaken for gulls as their white bodies and grey wings look similar to gulls, but the specialised tube-nosed beak gives the clue that they're more closely related to albatrosses. Fulmers are long-lived seabirds with a lifespan typically around 40 years. They feed on small shrimps and squid at the surface of the ocean. The name Fulmer probably comes from Old Norse, full meaning fowl, and mar meaning gull. This is a nod to the way foamers defend their nest by projectile vomiting, a special, sticky, orange, oily substance at any creature unwise enough to venture too close. Incubating adults defend their eggs and small chicks in this way, but from an early age the chicks are quite capable of taking over this defence strategy if the adults are away fishing. Many of the climbers
2: would have met nature face to face, as Tom Petty discovered. At the top
6: of the pedestal was a large ledge, the essence of comfort, had I not shared it with a young fulmer petrel. When molested, these birds have a characteristic and unpleasant trait. They eject a foul-smelling oil from the throats into the face and eyes of any intruder, leaving a pungent odor on skin and clothing which no amount of scrubbing or deodorant can remove. To combat this, we used a long wire to persuade the birds to discharge their ammunition before we entered the target area. We were careful not to harm the young birds, although they often tried our patience.
0: I hope you enjoyed this fourth episode from Tales Ahoy and will join us for our next journey along the new road. Visit our Hoi Heritage website and find out more about the people, places and the Tales Ahoy.